how do I start this thing? How do you plug the bloody USB in? Yeah, it's in. Nah, man, wrong port. Oh wait, it's flashing now. Is it? Oh wait, it's recording. Well, let's start this thing, fool. I'm Sam. And I'm Amelia. Welcome back to Ask the Duo podcast, a podcast where we aim to build a better mindset for better relationships, whether this is to improve the relationship with yourself or those around you. Now let's get into this episode. Hello, hello. Hello. Welcome back, everyone. Today we have a very, very special guest. Please welcome Mr. Aaron Chan. What's up? (laughs) Welcome. Thank you. So did you want to give our listeners a little intro about yourself? Like what you do, what you love, your hobbies? Well, as Sam said, my name's Aaron. Uh, We go way back, well, like 2015? Yeah, I think it was before. No, before, before, 2013, actually. Yeah, Yeah, that's hectic. That's like 10 years next year. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Ages, man. I'm a lawyer. Um, I work in banking law. That's how um, I met Sam and Amelia. What do I love to do? I actually love to scuba dive. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I always forget that you do love scuba dive. a good dive. scuba dive on the weekend. So we wanted to get you in because of the industry that we were all in when we first started, but also because you're still in that industry. Yep. And... What it was like when you first started in the law industry, like your mindset around it, were you in it thinking TV shows make it really glamorous? Like, did you have that kind of expectation as well? And what you see in working in that industry now? So we just wanted to pick your brain and learn about that side of things. But before we sort of jump into it, we'll give listeners a bit of context. So we all work together at Galilee Solicitors. And that's when the good time started. Yeah, we yep. had our own little mob happening. Yeah, <laughs> it was pretty fun. And I think it was arguably the best time Yeah, like in our careers, I think. For because me, it was, it was, yeah. It was like the chillest. Yeah, it was <laughs> the chillest. And I think the biggest thing behind it was, even though we were all friends, our mindset when it came to work was always the same. Mm. So we knew how to have fun Work hard, play hard. But work hard as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we had that mutual agreement in some way, which we all worked really well. Yeah. Well, it's funny. So like when I started at Galley, it was just our friend Richard and then you, and then it was me joining in as an admin. And it was funny because we like never talk because we were like so quiet. Well, I was quiet because I was scared of um, the senior paralegal because she was like always oh, like watching your back shall not name <laughs> <laughs> cannot, cannot be named and I was like always really quiet and then you were just doing your thing as well and then I think when we started having you like Sam and Amanda in as well that's when we all like started forming this like group and then Sabelle as well that joined so that was really cool yeah and then waited yep. for payday and had sushi edo oh I forgot about that yeah. <laughs> sushi edo and then we'll spent like so much money on that. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's like every payday we'd be like, yep, let's go sushi Edo. Yeah. Was it like every second Wednesday? I think it was. Or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. It was a fortnight. And then yeah. this guy over here, Sam, ordered like 10 salmon nigiris or something. Wasn't it salmon avocado? <laughs> yeah, salmon yeah, salmon avocado. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was my phase. 
I love that shit, bro. <laughs> Straight up, just click 10. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man. 10. You got to enjoy that payday, man. Enjoy the food. Yeah, so it was good. Like, it was definitely hard. Like, the work itself, it was really demanding. Like, yeah. if you were a settlement clerk, you had to run from places to places within, like, five-minute spans across the city to, like, even South Bank if you needed to. For the people that are living in Brisbane, that's quite a far trek. And mm. then paralegals, you just have to call people back to back, like just to get money, get the funds, make sure you got the checks and all that stuff happening. So it was fun. But like, I think that's what brought us together is that because we're all trying to make things work, we're all helping each other out. So we just had fun as well. Yeah. It was high, high, was it high intensity, but we all were aligned in terms of our synergy, which yeah. was really good. Yeah, I agree. Fuck, I miss those days. Yeah, I so. miss it too. But I think it was good. Like, even though now I'm not in that industry anymore, it was definitely a good experience that I feel everyone needs is to work in that high pace and high demand atmosphere. So it yeah. builds you to, you know, know, how to deal with stress and people needing things from like different directions all the time. Yeah. And I think it's, I mean, from my perspective, it's obviously a little bit different because I'm, my professional career was or is that industry but i think for the both of you guys like amelia you're completely out of yeah i'm like in the creative industry on on the other side of the (laughs) spectrum now and sam is in banking now so i think for you guys it's like you've experienced the industry Mm. and now you're somewhere else but for me it's almost like it's a little bit different because i'm still in it just in a different area of it yeah so yeah, I don't know. I think our experience is probably looking back at it, maybe a bit different. But mm. I think at the time, I think we've all really, I think we agree that we we worked really well together. Yeah, 100%. Man. And that's what we wanted to ask you about because you're still in that industry. Do you feel like these type of moments has helped build you to move up in like the law chain? Like just that hard grind and all that stuff to build you up to become where you are now? Yeah, no, I think... Um, I was really lucky in the sense that I got to work in what what we call the tiers in law, but in all three tiers. Mm. And um, the really great thing about Galilee was I think it was just so hands-on and I had the opportunity to do so much stuff that may I may not have necessarily been able to do in other places. So I think, yeah, it, it did really, um, I think, set a good foundation for me. And to be honest, I didn't even know I wanted to that, do that kind of law in the beginning. I came back from exchange, uni exchange, and Richard was like, do you want a job? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, sure. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, like you guys said, it was, it was a hard grind. Um, yeah. We had good times. Um, Sam, I remember. We asked our boss if we could buy a um, (laughs) a, a speakers and a subwoofer. Yeah, (laughs) dude, I I was so surprised that she said yes. She was just like, yeah, sure. (laughs) So long as you're not like disturbing people. I'm like, sure, okay. So we went to buy one. (laughs) Dude, and surely there was a sub involved because I was sitting on the opposite side of this office and I can hear like by lunchtime, 12 o'clock on the dot, it's like doof, doof, doof. Hey, it's it's a I use the speakers as a reminder for everyone to go on lunch. Okay? <laughs> so it, it was a, it was a good benefit for everyone, right? <laughs> no, it was good tunes. Yeah, I I think it, it pretty much was like 
12 o'clock on the dot. Yeah. You just hear, doof, 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 doof. <laughs> Gets louder and louder. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did you guys ever take that speakers back? Sam did. Yeah, I think I did. Wait, you, you? You're using it now. Oh, am I? Oh, I didn't even know. <laughs> well, thank you, yeah, we Galilee. It, man. Yeah. Galilee sponsor. No, we, we paid for yeah, it. Yeah, we paid for it. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, I want my so money back. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Aaron. <laughs> yeah, because I remember, yeah, our boss at the time was like, uh, yeah, you could do it, but you guys got to pay for it. And we're like, okay. No, nah, she was really cool. She's, yeah, yeah. really supportive. Um, yeah, so a little bit about mindset and expectations then, now that you're fully in law. Yep. Did you ever had any, like, sort of expectations or did you view, think law would be the same as what it is like in, like, TV shows, that kind of thing? Yeah, like your suits and that sort of stuff. TV like dramas. on the run coffee with the newspaper. So disclaimer, <laughs> I have watched all seasons of Suits. Um, <laughs> just to put that out there, because I'm sure everyone will want to know. Yeah. Um, but no, I think, like, I guess maybe what I'll do is I'll start from my own perspective. Um, I think going through uni as a law student, um, I'm sure every law student can vouch for this, but I think it's just naturally a very competitive cohort. Um, I think you Obviously, I think law students are very bright, um, very high achieving, very motivated people. So obviously always wanting to strive for the best. Um, So I think that natural inherent motivation and attitude to always wanting to achieve, I think is what is the culture. And for me, um, it definitely was within me, but I think at the time I didn't really know where or what kind of law I wanted to do. Um, so, I mean, I still wanted to achieve the best, but I think there are some people out there who obviously they've got their finger on what they want and they're going after it. Um, but I think expectation wise, I knew that the legal industry wasn't an easy one, um, both in terms of you know the hours that you work, um, as well as just, I think the the attitudes and the culture within the um, within the industry. And you hear like the horror stories of people saying like, oh, you know, you're not allowed to leave work until the partner does. And sometimes True. the partner won't leave till like 11 o'clock at night. Um, or oh, like right. if the partner's, you know, in the office till midnight, then so should you be because the work trickles down. And if if they're busy at the top, then everyone should be busy basically. And to an extent, it's true. Um, when the partner is busy, you should be busy too. But I think just, I, I honestly think it's just a firm by firm culture. Um, but there is a bit of a, an understanding that, you know, when it's busy, you work hard, you stay late, you get the job done. And I think that's in all industries um, as well. But I think the really good thing is that people work really well in a team, um, I think in law and you all kind of go through the same experiences. So you don't feel like you're doing it on your own, um, which is what I really love. Um, because you know, like if you're late, you're staying late at work, you're not the only one doing it. And it, ma- it makes me feel a little better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah true. Well, like res- mm. instead of resenting someone for like leaving at five o'clock, yeah. you're like, damn you. Yeah. <laughs> like this guy, 4.30 and he's already got his bag in his hand, <laughs> <laughs> like ready to leave. Yeah, man. But I think um, going back to like suits and stuff like that, definitely not, not mm, how yeah. law is practiced. Over-exaggerated or just... I think the practice of law is completely wrong. Um, <laughs> you I tell him, Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't walk around being like, 
what'd you say now? Yeah. You're like trying to bluff my way through with an empty folder kind of thing. <laughs> empty folder. <Yeah. laughs> True. <laughs> I definitely hope not there's, hope not there's uh, no frauds or anything, but yeah. I mean, the office is all nice. I mean, that that's probably one one part of it that's true. Like the um, glamorous, nice yeah, offices. And like yeah, the nice offices, the nice um, buildings and things like that. But the way we practice, yeah, nah, nothing like it. Have you seen Partners Track? The I one have, with Andy. Yeah. Did you like it? That was okay. Yeah? Yeah, was it's, that a, it's a very much a chick flick. Yeah, it is. <laughs> was it realistic or not? I actually think to a degree, yes. Um... Well, that movie was, uh, that show was what, yeah, she was like an M&A lawyer or something like that. Yeah, it's um, But, oh, yeah, m cutthroat. Um, but obviously the stakes are really high in M&A um, when you're dealing in, you know, like the multi-millions to billions. Mm. Um, it's obviously going to be cutthroat. I'm not sure if these lawyers, like everyday lawyers are flying around in jets though, private jets. Shit. A bit extreme. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. But they were like working till... All, doing all-nighters and things like that just to make one of the was it cases go through like make sure yeah. it works out and stuff and oh, that, that's that would be expected i'd say oh uh, you just got to do it when it's when it's grind time yeah yeah but then i think on the flip side it's like when it's not too busy then they'll You're give you you've to, got a bit of freedom to kind of be a bit more flexible but then it's yeah it's when when it's busy it's it's all all guns blazing kind of thing yeah Yeah. that's That's, crazy that's similar to the creative industry like if there's a deadline for a design or a campaign to go out everyone's like grinding to make sure that campaign is done and meets the deadline but then when there's downtime you can just either spend time exploring and working on your own design skills or something like that where it's similar to that so yeah and i'm sure it's like that in all industries i mean when it's when it's busy it's head down pen up kind of thing yeah it's pretty much like your banking and finance side it's like, same. Yeah, like brokering or even mobile banking. You're because you're essentially mobile. You have customers or clients call you, like after hours. Yeah. So sometimes it's hard to sort of, I guess, switch off. Um, and at times, clients expect you to give them that service. So it can be pretty full on sometimes. So I get, like you said, Aaron, it's probably the same across different industries in some way or form yeah yeah but you mentioned before that when you were in grad school just during high uh, uni you obviously had a perception or a basic understanding of law right yeah now that you're sort of what's that five six years deep yep has your mindset changed from that beginning point to now in a way, I think it has. Um, I think as a law student, and I guess I don't speak on behalf of every every law student out yep. there, but I think a lot of them obviously want to achieve the best in the industry and they want to work for the best and work um, alongside the best. And I think that's completely fine. And I think I did have a bit of that mindset during um, uni and grad. And you just, um, I guess as a young lawyer or as a law student, you see or you hear the stories of being able to work on, um, you know, multi-billion dollar deals with the best lawyers in Australia and having your name like on LinkedIn. Yeah. <laughs> That's like the ultimate power move yeah. for yeah. A, for a young lawyer. But I think as I got older, as I got 
more experience in the industry, I think I realized that it's not necessarily about being able to work on the biggest deals of the year or um, in doing international cross-border work. Um, but it's really just finding what you love and what area you you feel comfortable in. Yeah. And I think that's something that I... I experienced uh, probably over the last two years. Um, And as you progress in your career and you get more senior, it's really finding, finding your grounding, finding your feet in terms of where you want to really invest and grow in. Yeah. And I think I found that where I am at the moment. Um, So how did you manage to find that place for you? Was it just like moving around, trying different places or like speaking to people? Yeah, I think it was a bit of everything. Um, you know, moving around, working in different firms, um, experiencing different different cultures. Um, like, I, like I said before, I think each firm has their own culture. And I think when law firms, um, when they when they bring talent in, I think a really big thing for law firms is culture. And I think it's because they, they see the fact that culture is something, like if you work in a team, right? You got to mesh, you got to work well, you got to be on the same page. Whereas knowledge is something you can teach. Um, You can, you can give someone a book or you can, you know, train them up in the Mm. knowledge space, but you can't necessarily change someone's attitude um, or their culture. Yeah. Their work Mm. ethic. So I think that's why culture is such a big thing in law firms. And because it's a, it's a, it's a grinding industry. You work late, um, you get the job done. They don't want someone who's like half ass in the job kind of thing. Like, yeah, the culture. Um, and I think finding a place that like you mesh with as well, I think is really important. And, and a a lot of people say this in all workplaces, it's, it's who you work with as well. I think that really makes work enjoyable and where you want to be. And I think that's what I found. Yeah. yeah, and you can't find that right unless you try it and go for it. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think I hundred percent believer in trying new things, um, exploring, learning. Because I think if you never, if you never explore, you never try new things. You never know if you like it or not. Yeah. No, that's really good. I like that. Did it take you long to find your feet in terms of? Because you mentioned you mentioned that you wouldn't know until you give it a, a crack, yep. right? So, did it take you time to sort of? feel it out and go, okay, this is the place that I want to be or this place might not be the right place for me? I think so. Um, I mean, I'm like five years in now in practicing and I think the first five years of your career, I would consider your early, early year days or early, early days in your career. Um, and it's really where you're exploring, what you're exploring. You want to know, you know, where, where do I want to work? What do I want to do? Do do I want to work in private practice? Do I want to work in-house, um, like within a company? Um, and a lot of those people are always exploring those things. Like, do I want to move overseas? And I think during those first five years of your career as a lawyer it's really important to explore um and i think there are people out there who just you know i think go into one firm and just absolutely love it and that's they know that that's where they want to grow and um invest their energy into but i think it's also really good to explore 
new places because like I said cultures are always different clients are different and you never know you may like it even more the grass may be greener on the other side it may not be so yeah yeah yeah. that's really good would it be easy for someone to move overseas though because the law practice would be different um yeah so there's a really big industry for that at the moment there's obviously different uh, specific places that Australian practicing lawyers can go to um the big ones are obviously London, um, New York. Um, I think California is one of them too. Um, but yeah, so I think it's, and there's also like, cause they run on different scales in terms of experience and what you can be called and things like that. Um, and there's, there's a sweet spot, which is normally like three to four years practicing in Australia is when they recommend you go over if you want to. Um, Because that's normally where they're looking for lawyers, like two to three years experience. Would you have to learn a different law system if you go over? I think the UK, uh, sorry, the US, yes. Um, And I do think you need to sit the bar over there eventually. London, no. I think there are certain areas of law you can't practice in unless you do domestic courses over there. Um, Otherwise, I think you just consider like an Australian qualified lawyer. But I think for me, like banking and finance, those skills are easily transferable over there um, because I think the banking skills in law are generally pretty the same across the across the globe. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty cool. And you have that opportunity where you're at right now, hey, to say if you wanted to go like Asia or something, you can. Asia? Or- <laughs> oh, I'm just saying because uh, banking and finance is probably predominantly bigger in Asia, right? Oh, uh, I mean, it's pretty big anywhere. Um, I mean, in any big city, it's right. it's a booming industry. And yep. yeah, sorry, Asia is another one that you could go to as well. Um, and yeah, no, definitely got that opportunity. And I'm really lucky that I have the experience in Australia to set me up to go overseas, overseas if I wanted to. Yeah. Um, but obviously, I think that's just a decision if you want to do it long term, short term, if you want to just go over there for the experience as well. Would have you, you thought about it? I have. Um you know, I think initially in my early days as well, when I was exploring what I wanted to do, where I wanted to be, that was actually my... First thing yeah, that you thought of? Yeah, like the first thing I thought of, like, and that was the kind of the career path I wanted for myself. And I think it was like, get into a big firm in Australia, um, potentially down in Sydney, and then work there for a few years, and then go to London to work. But I think a lot of that changed after I experienced... Um, working in the really big firms. I think it just, I just realized it wasn't for me. Yeah. Um, and like, do I still wonder if I still want to go overseas? I think, yes, I do. Um, but I'm always kind of pulled back and remembered that maybe the biggest deals in the world aren't what I'm striving for yeah, okay. um, in my personal career. What uh, about that top tier firm made you go, oh shit, and that's, was it just because it was so intense or like the hours or what was it that, yeah, so a bit of a few things. Um, I think it was pretty intense. And I think you, you get to work with the best lawyers in Australia and even like across the world, honestly, um, working in that space. And you learn so much because it's literally like the most complex deals go to these kind of firms. Um, so you got your hands on the best deals of the year, which is really, really great. But I think for me personally, I realized on top of, you know, the long hours and um, the grind. And I think there was a, a little bit of a, 
unspoken competitiveness, uh, I think, between the lawyers of my same level. Um, and like we're 100% supportive of each other and everything we do, but I think just being in such a high-performing environment, you can't not see that. Um, yeah. And even if it's like putting too much pressure on yourself, yeah. it's just being in that environment, knowing that you're the person you're sitting next to is probably, you know, you top their top their cohort kind of thing. Cause yeah. it's so competitive to get into these law firms now. Like I remember I did an interview years and years ago when I was still in uni for a law firm. And one of the partners who interviewed me said, Oh, you know, back in, you know, when I was a junior, the thing that would set you apart is a double degree. Really? Yeah. Wow. And like, you know, that was, he was a bit older, but yeah, yeah, he was like, that's what set you apart. But he's like, you know, now these juniors I'm interviewing are double degree, top of their class, speak three languages, do extracurricular, um, have experience in other law firms. And that's what you need to do to set you apart from the crowd. Holy shit. Um, and lot. it just shows, yeah, how competitive it is. So you can imagine that that kind of competitiveness but when you get in then it's like you know people wanting to climb the corporate ladder um wanting to be promoted um and i think yeah it's it's, i think it's an inherent culture within the industry and i think that's not just something in a specific law firm but i guess people do thrive off it um people love it as well shit you gotta be really into it to be like i'm 100 percent or not even 100%, 150% dedicated yeah. to do very, very well. Yeah. I think you also need a really strong mindset to yeah. kind of clear out all that clutter around you, like the competitiveness so. and all that, and try and work on yourself to do better. Yeah, and I can definitely say, I think like when you're achieving, when you're doing well, you know, it, it's like a high, basically. Like um, you feel like everything is on your side. You, know, you work well with everyone. Um so I get like people love, love that thrive. And I guess that's why you get workaholics, right? Mm. Like they love overachieving or they love be basically being the best. But where's yeah. the balance then? Where's the balance of looking after yourself? Yeah. Because you're so focused and I on. Think that's, that's a huge thing. Um, and I think in the legal industry, you know, mental health is a, is a big battle um, because lawyers work such long hours and in such a demanding space mental health is something that's really big. And I think that's something that a lot of lawyers push to the side. Then they don't think about that or they think like, oh, that won't happen to me kind of thing. But I think it's, yeah, it's setting boundaries for yourself as well. Like saying, you know, I'm not going to work on the weekends unless I 100% need to. Um, And setting those early because I think once, if you don't set them early and you do things, that are beyond what your boundaries are. I think people can sometimes take advantage of it, whether yeah. or not it's intentional, but then it becomes that expectation that you'll you'll do it on the weekend or you'll get that job done before Monday morning. And there are days where you have to, you just have to. And I, I, I get that, um, I've done it lots of times, but it's just making sure that people around you or people who you service or you work for, or work with, know that these are your boundaries um, because there's, you know, people who have families Mm. and for me, you know, work isn't life. And I hope that, you know, as my career progresses, that that's something that 
people understand. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons why where I am now is what I love because they do give me the flexibility. You know, I, I have a good working relationship with my boss. Um, so long as I get the job done, doesn't really care what I do. Yeah, that's really <laughs> um, good. Which is good. And I think at the end of the day, for any employer, really, it's just getting the job done, being trustworthy, being efficient, um, and just not, you know, not taking the piss on your employer. Basically, 100%. grab coffees yeah. at ten o'clock every day. <laughs> <laughs> Walk across halfway, yeah. across half the city, <laughs> just to get a good cup of coffee. What you mentioned there about working hard, being trustworthy, and that sort of stuff—that one hundred percent has some correlation to any other industry. Oh right? yeah. And it, and it makes sense. Like when you actually think about it, it you need to show that, that you're, you've, you can be trustworthy, but you can work hard. You can get shit mm. done. Right. And you're not taking the piss. Yeah. And I think that's, you also mentioned this before, which is attitude. It's very, very hard to find people with the right mindset, the right attitude yeah. behind their work. And I think that's a huge struggle in all industries. Yeah. Everyone knows that, yeah, work is work. You need to know what you need to do to get shit done. But I guess the, the mentality behind working, it's the attitude is never there. Mm. Yeah. So would you say that that was one of your main boundaries that you would set around work to make sure that you have a healthy like mental health? I think so. Yeah. I think it's setting boundaries. What were some other ones that you set for yourself to make sure that you were having that good balance? So I think pre-COVID, another one was never bringing work home. Um, I think for me, because before COVID, I had to go in every day. So if I was busy, I would just stay in the office and work late. I wouldn't bring it home. And for me, because traveling home and then getting home was a way for me to switch off completely and turn off and know that work and home are two separate spaces of life and that, that just really worked for me um, because I knew that when it's home time you don't think about work anymore and I have work on my phone like I can never escape it yeah and that's a that was a personal choice but I wouldn't be you know sitting on my phone at home scrolling through my work emails replying in the middle of the night um, but I think as COVID when COVID happened and then I was able to work from home, it was then thinking, okay, well, I really love the fact that I can separate home and work. How can I do that now since I have to work from home? So it was setting up a workspace somewhere in the house that I can actually step away from and actually be away from it when it's not work hours. So mm-hmm. for example, like all my, like I work in a, in a study off in a room, um, but when the day is done, I can close the door and not think about it, never have to go in there again. Yeah. And that's just, the, I think the physical separation really helps the mental separation for me. Yeah. And that's what's really worked. And it may not work for everyone, but personally for me, that's just works for, you. Works for me. Yeah, I'm yeah. quite similar as well. Like the office that we have upstairs, that's mainly for my work. And then yeah. apart from that, I would hang somewhere else or try to at least have an hour or something where it's away from that so it's like a break and you know that it's not work anymore because if you work and then you end up sitting there at your computer straight after you're working like you haven't fully mentally clocked out yeah so yeah i i agree with that too i don't know how people do it like 
where they make their bedroom their office. Yeah. I just lie yeah, on the true. bed all day. <laughs> <laughs> just like I like sit at my desk and then type probably roll. like one email and then go lie down. <laughs> <laughs> roll back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I wonder how people do that. Eh? How do they separate like your sleeping to... But then some people don't have a choice. Like yeah, yeah. Like if you studio. if you don't have space, you have to. Yeah. And like that's such strong willpower. Mm. But <laughs> like when I used to study in uni, like I have a desk in my room. Yeah. And I used to work at that desk. And like when I do my assignments, you, you like you type like a paragraph, and then you'd be like, "Oh, I'll go lie down for you five minutes." You open the word doc. You type the title. Then you. Yeah. <laughs> And then you fall asleep and you're like, oh, Yeah, no. or you're like, I'll watch one episode. And yeah. then it goes into, like, the whole season. You're like, oh, shit, okay, i got to do my stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, those are really good. I think, yeah, definitely setting boundaries is really good around working and mental health and, like, not just in the law industry, just any industry or just around work in general. Mm. And I think the good thing now is, like, nowadays a lot of people do understand that as opposed yep. to the traditional way of working where – you have to stay because your boss is there or you need to work the full hours because that's your set hours. Yep. But people understand that now, like you've worked in the extra hours before mm. and on the off times, off seasons, you can just have more freedom and take care of yourself more. Yeah, and I think it's also another big one is doing things that you love. Um, for me, it's like, even though I'm super busy, like I said, I, I like to scuba dive, but um, even though I'm super busy with work, um, family, friends, I still love to go out and scuba dive, even though it's, it can be a really early start, like a 4am start on a weekend um, and is sometimes can be physically exhausting, but it's just something that I enjoy doing. And even though it's physically tiring, I think it's really mentally refreshing because yeah. it's, like I don't think about work at all. I just and your emails can't come through while yeah. you're swimming underwater. <laughs> you're underwater. Hand. No one can talk to you. <laughs> you know, you like it's such a just a different experience. And yeah. I think even if it's not scuba diving, it's you know doing art or whatever. Even like doing these podcasts, it's being able to switch off and turn your attention to something that you really enjoy doing. Yeah, and I think that's what really gives you good, strong mental health as well, and it prepares you for the week ahead refreshes you gives you a restart yeah it gives you a restart and in turn it probably makes you more productive and yeah. more efficient yeah, as well it's really important and i think also it's good that you've realized that you don't need to do like the biggest cases the ones with the big money and you're finding something that you truly enjoy mm. doing in work as well yep. and you actually enjoy where you are because that's also really important because mm. if you're doing something that you're not enjoying and you're just doing it purely for either the money or like the fame or name or something like that it's harder like you get more yep. tired that way your energy is just depleting and it's not energizing you yeah and it's almost like doing it you're doing things for other people and not for the, your own self-growth yeah for your own um your own benefit so you know you do burn out yeah have you had any burnout situations before? oh yeah 100 percent. um lots of times actually yeah <laughs> but i think it's it's knowing when to say like it's knowing when to pull the reins back in a little bit and say okay it's getting out of control what do i need to do to fix this um and it's always you know like i think it can be a pretty daunting thing to talk about to your bosses yeah true especially when you're when you you really want to always give your 100 percent, you want to excel you don't want to come across as being a bitch 
basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, hell. <laughs> 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 But how how did you how did you realize that you're burning out though? Like for, um, for people who are yeah. listening, because they might not know they're burning out. Yeah, I think it's it's different for everyone. I would say, but personally, for me, I think it was just that I wasn't enjoying what I was doing anymore. Um, I couldn't think clearly. I think I was less productive. Um, sleeping on your bed. Sleeping on my bed. Yeah. <laughs> um, Probably not like not wanting to go to work, yeah. Um, things like that, and I think that's really when I knew it's not just that because it's busy and I don't want to do it, or it's like you know I'd rather be running around doing something else fun um, than sitting at a desk grinding. Um, but it was like, okay, hold on, is this just I'm exhausted? Like in terms of like I just need a break, like step away from the computer break, or is it like? there's something more to this is it mental health is it kind of and then needing to check in with myself and just say okay what like I've never experienced this before um and even like you know if you need to seek professional help because it's there's nothing better than talking to someone about it um who's a professional um yeah and I think it's it's always I think it's got a bit of stigma around it 100% which is I think really unfortunate because Mm. I think looking after your mental health is just like looking after your physical body yeah it needs to be you know you need to look after it It needs to be healthy it needs to be strong and you need to listen to your body too like if it's telling you something you gotta give it what it wants 100% you know and if it means you know you're feeling run down you're sick don't don't push yourself I think us to personally for me it's like what are you going to achieve in terms of productivity and efficiency if you're run down and you can't perform at a level that you need to be? Yeah. You might as well just take a break, step away, refresh, restart, and then come back to it with a clear mind. Yeah, yeah. that's really, really important. And I think I like that you you know, talk about the seeking professional help too. That's the thing that we've realized the most in talking to most of our guests is you do it's it's okay to go seek professional help yeah. and it's not a bad thing like you're not crazy you're not going psycho it's it's just normal it's just like you going to a doctor if you have a sore throat it's exactly the same thing yeah and i think i think there are people seek professional help more than we realize mm. and i think it's just because you don't it. yeah you don't people don't talk about it exactly but when you have conversations and then someone's like oh yeah i spoke to my therapist yesterday and i'm like, like oh, oh me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And there's completely nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And I think it's really good that, you know, you, people are able to take that step forward to find help because it's, yeah, at the end of the day, it's looking after yourself. And I think people can't make those decisions for you. You have to make them yourself yeah. and take that step. And, and it's knowing to look after yourself. Yeah. It's good that you also understand your own body in terms of what it's feeling, what it's thinking and what steps you need to take yeah. as well. And I think it's not a crystal ball either. I yeah. think knowing when you feel burnt out or what it is, if it's a mental health thing or if it's just, you know, you're falling ill or something like that. Um, but it's, I think the most important thing is, yeah, just tapping into it and just realizing that there's maybe something's a little bit off um, and then exploring it. And not being afraid to yeah, seek professional help. A lot of people shovel it under the carpet or under the rug. Oh, 100%. They try to ignore it. It's yeah. just, 
I, I guess they don't like to either confront it or they're just afraid, afraid to know the truth. Like they know what's happening, but they're like, I don't want to accept it. Yeah, or they're like, oh, I'll just, I'll just push through it. Yeah, it's just an episode or something like that. Yeah. Um, I'll get over it. But you know, I think there are situations where you can just push through yeah. if you're resilient enough. Um, it's saying that I'm not. I wouldn't recommend it, but I think it compounds over time. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Especially if it's a reoccurring event that's triggering it. Yeah, I think you people sweep it under the rug, but over time, it's something you need to address. Yeah. Um, because I think it just gets worse and worse. Yeah, and then you yeah. might just end up breaking down or like yeah. lash out on someone by accident or whatever it might be. Like it will just come back like 10 times. Like, like yeah, oh, yeah. 100%. It. So then if you could provide the top, let's say, five advices to your younger self or maybe someone who is currently in grad, yep. what would those be? Top five. That's a lot of. That's a lot of advice. Well, it could be like career advice or even yeah, your, your personal growth yeah. advice yeah. too. Oh, okay. Um, first one, and I think the most important one is, I think listen to yourself. Um, don't get caught up in what's going around you, and I think it's know what you want. Like discover and learn what you want to do. I think it's it's not good to always chase something that you think is what is best for you, but taking a step back and understanding that that may not necessarily be something that you want to do and that's okay. And I think that's what, I think that's the biggest thing. Oh, I don't even know if I have five. That's so many. <laughs> that's right. top three. Or top anything, three. Okay. Anything, yeah. Find something you love. Um, for me, I think uh, through my career, you know, I've I've worked in, a number of law firms now and losing or not being not having the time to do things that I love like recreationally took a really big toll on me I think so being able to find the time to do what you love and being able to switch off and restart I think is really important and even if it's something small like I don't know walking your dog or mm. well, you should be walking your dog every day <laughs> <laughs> to all the yeah. dog walkers yeah. that don't walk their dogs <laughs> no but I mean like I don't know like if you like I don't know even just going to your favorite routine. cafe yeah favorite yeah. cafe chilling out yeah. you know on a Saturday morning or Sunday morning I think it's really important just to do something that you enjoy for yourself um, and it's okay to be a little bit selfish sometimes I think yeah yeah especially looking after yourself yeah, in that way 100%. um let me round it with three. Three is not a round number. <laughs> Top three. I think don't box yourself in to what you think the industry norms are. I'm not sure if that's the right way to put it, but I think in law, you know, people think you need to have the best grades. You need to have the best experience. You need to have, you know, done community work. Um, but like to get into you know, the best of the best. But, you know, personally for me, I, I did have experience and I did do charity work, which I think is really good for everyone, but I didn't necessarily have the best grades in the cohort. Um, and I think people think, you know, once you've got only decent grades, not, you know, top of the class, it means it's the end. You're never going to make it to the very top, but I think that's, that's not true. Um, I worked in, one of the big law firms in Australia, international law firm. And honestly, it, it might, might take longer. Um, it may not necessarily be that you 
get to go straight into those kind of law firms straight after uni, but it just means that it's your experience that will take you there and not necessarily your grades. Yeah. And people see that. I mean, when you work in the industry long enough, you work with a lot of different lawyers or different partners and they see how you perform. Um, and that's what they're looking for at the end of the day. It's can you adapt? Can you take on the skills and learn? And being book smart is great. But I think at the end of the day, it's yeah the practicality and your skill, which is really what they look for. That's really true because there's like a saying, I don't know the exact word, it's like talent can take you to places but determination can take you further or something like that. So deep. Yeah. 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 Very, 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 very deep. deep. Vicious. Do you have that like up? over your desk? Upset? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, that's those stickers with the cursive writing yeah. stuck on my wall. <laughs> I look up at it every morning and be like, yes, <laughs> determination. That, that, that last one is, is a strong one though. It's yeah. powerful because it, yep. I think the – the mindset is is all about oh, it's all about my grades, right? Mm. It's all about what I can show on paper. Yeah, but it goes deeper than that. It's all about your character. It's all about your attitude. Yeah, how you can adapt. Yeah, yeah. I think you limit yourself too if you start off your career thinking you can't get anywhere just because you got average grades, but you're limiting yourself not because of the stereotypes. It's just your thoughts that's stopping mm. you from working further. And if you're willing to learn, willing to grow from where you are now, I think that will work in the long run. Yeah, hundred percent. And yeah, for me, it's like, I, I know I'm hard on myself sometimes and it's just because As I, most of us are yeah. Asian <laughs> and I think it's just because you want to, you don't want to you don't want to let anyone down but you also want to perform um to expectation and for me i think i was hard on myself because i felt like i wasn't performing at the level of everyone else even though i was told i was but i think it was just so mentally ingrained in me that i was like you know I need to be hitting these certain budgets. I need to be billing this many hours a day. And if I wasn't, I felt like I was underachieving, which then put made me think, you know, like, am I, am I at the capability or at the level that they expect me to be? Um, but yeah, it's, I think it's also stepping back and not being so hard on yourself. Just yeah. know that you know, there's obviously a reason why if you've been employed somewhere they can see you've got the potential. So, mm. you know, run with that. And, yeah. yeah. I have the same train of thoughts. Like I'm always like in terms of design, it's also a very competitive industry. Yep. Everyone's always putting stuff out there and then you're essentially comparing your own stuff to someone else's and you're like, no, nah, my stuff isn't as good as theirs. Yeah. And you're always like wanting to do better. So it's exactly the same mindset. And then people come to you for something, but you're the weird thing is like, everyone's coming to ask you to design something for them. But in your own mind, you're like, oh, I need to do better. My design's mm. not good enough. So it's like, we need to train our brain to think and appreciate how far you've come and all the work that you can produce yep. rather than thinking I need to do better which you can mm. like you can always improve on yourself but also appreciate your own work at that same time yeah 100% agree yeah. well thanks for the uh, the top three <laughs> advices <laughs> no yeah. worries but they're very strong so I think yeah and they're really you really can definitely, good points. yeah you can definitely take that on board for anyone who wants to become a lawyer in the future 
you can ask Aaron Chan over here <laughs> for some advice. He's got some really good ones and really experienced in this industry and appreciate you coming to share all your, just the the mindset and the emotional journey that you went through just yeah. to get to where you are now. Yeah, no, thanks. I think it's good, good people that, it's good to share experiences. Um, I think just going back to like the legal industry, I think it's when people see your professional career journey on a piece of paper or on let's say LinkedIn you know they're like oh wow you know this this person's really climbed the ladder they must be doing so well Um, it's everything that they probably dreamed of and so on but you know there's always a story behind everything Um, the emotional journey is really important it may not have been all rosy you know the journey and but it's it's a journey you learn from it in some, sometimes you you find where you want to go but other times it's realizing that hey that's not really what i want for myself in the long run yeah, yeah. and that's okay yeah really loved hearing all these tips and experiences that's the the biggest thing well thank you aaron <laughs> it's really good would you want to plug your Instagram? oh do you want to it's private so <laughs> okay okay no it doesn't matter <laughs> Cut out. thank you aaron thanks and bye see ya see ya thank you so much for joining us and tuning in to this episode if you're loving this podcast please hit the follow or subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening to ding ding it would mean the world to us if you could give us a star rating and feedback so we can continue to improve on bringing better content to you yeah yeah if you found this episode helpful in any way or you know someone who'd need this, please share it with them as we're all about helping each other out. Don't forget we love listening to your ideas too. So make sure you share any topics that you'd like us to cover or questions you might have to our Instagram with the handle Ask the Joy Podcast. Slide it into our DMs, baby. Bigger, bigger. You can stay in the loop of all the behind the scenes or the release of our new episodes there too. All right, that's it for now. And we'll see you back here for our next episode. Bye. Bye.